Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Game Bites Show podcast thing that we record twice a week. My name is Legrand Jolly, your host. How is everyone tonight? I'm joined with my co-hosts, Jeremy and Dale. Hello. Hello, Legrand, our host. Hello. How's it going? Good. Good. I mean, sounds pretty good. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I've been away for two shows, man. It's been it's been a while. So uh, they've been really to good too. Those shows have been <laughs> really great. Also. I tried to listen to them. They're a little slow. Oh man. I put it on, I put it on three times speed on my podcast app, and it was still too slow. And I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were great, and uh, yeah. So I'm back from my trip and back in this echoey basement. So feel my reverberation. Back in the saddle again. That's right, and got a lot of stuff to talk about. Good. All right, well, let's talk about some of the video games that I've been playing. I just want to... I've been playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm lately. Um, the championships started today for BlizzCon, so the, uh, the they have the different groups. The group stages started today, because they can't do everything at BlizzCon, because that'd be many, much too many games to handle uh, for the two-day event. So I've been watching a lot of that, and it's been really, really cool. Um, as much as I used to really be way into League of Legends and like it, a lot. I mean, liked following the LCS and all that. I'm really enjoying the Heroes of the Storm. I think I'm liking it even more just because I know the characters. There's not as many characters, so I kind of understand the game a little bit better because I know all the heroes fairly well. Um, so it's been really fun to watch. So is this is this championship, is it just like any Joe Schmo can just show up and it's a bracket elimination for the entire world? Uh, I don't think so. They had like qualifying uh, tournaments in the different parts of the world. They had like a European one. They had one in Taiwan. They had one in North America. I think they had four different areas um, where they had tournaments. And then the finalists from those tournaments. Um, I don't know how people got into those tournaments. I think you had to like ladder up, I would imagine, on you know on the in the game itself through the uh. hero team league or whatever, and be you know a top top team, but. Anyway, it's really good. It's actually going on right now. If I wasn't on this podcast recording, I'd probably be watching it. I watched a few games, or a few rounds and matches today, and it was really, really fun. So I look forward to kind of following that Hey, how do they sort of standardize the play across a bunch of matches? Because there's so many different maps in that game. Do all the championship matches take place on the same map, or what? Well, I think that the way that they're doing it, and this is kind of what I've gathered based on the commentating, is that one team chooses the map, and the other team gets to pick their hero first. Or do the band first, or whatever. That doesn't seem like quite an even split there. But. Well, and it, and it rotates, you know, so it's yeah. it, it actually works out okay because the the way that the uh, pick phase goes is one one person, the first team picks one hero, and then the next team picks two, then they pick two, and then two, and then the the team who picks second actually gets the last pick, so that they we can they can counter as if possible. So it kind of tends to balance itself out a little bit. Hmm. Um, and I think the loser of the round gets to choose the next round whether they want to pick the map or whether they want to pick first in the heroes. But let's see. Yeah, seems pretty good. It's uh, it's fun. You should watch it. It's on Twitch right now, so check it out. Uh, also, the Overwatch beta just went live on the twenty seventh. That was uh, yesterday, and we had a few of our friends that have got into the beta. Um, we have a hookup at Blizzard, so we're kind of part of their little program to get people into the beta and. Um, uh, while I don't have a key, I was able to play a few rounds, and so far it seems pretty good. It seems like a very, very high skill cap game where, just like a MOBA, if you want to get really, really good at one of the characters in Overwatch, you're going to have to spend some time with it. Uh, it didn't seem like I could just switch classes on the fly right at the very beginning and be able to kind of handle it. Um, the, the classes feel very, very unique and different. 
Um, and a lot of them are kind of more kind of uh, there's like a you know different versions of your standard you know like a Team Fortress style classes, except for that each of the classes have you know multiple abilities they can use. So E, the letter E, the Shift, and the Q are all abilities that you can use. Uh, from your hero, as well as have your main weapons that has multiple fire modes and things like that. So um, I don't have a whole lot to say about it yet, but uh, so far, so good. Um, I, I actually kind of have a question. I, I, sure. I watched I watched a little bit of Overwatch, and I, I this may be a little bit of a disingenuous question, but is it is it possible that when a company like Blizzard steps out of their... I mean, when they get into something like an FPS, like a, a shooter, does it make their work a little less special somehow i mean there are a lot of games like this out there right just arena shooters that are you know competitive shooters like that this game does not feel like any fps i've ever played doesn't even feel like tf2 it feels much quicker than tf2 it feels more like the pace of a quake except for you have you know 20 plus heroes that all have multiple abilities that feel drastically different well, like the TF2 has, you know, eight classes that don't even have special abilities. They have weapons, you know what I mean? Um, so it feels very, very different than any other FPS I've, I've played just because of that. It just kind of seems like thing. any given company could make an FPS that you've never played, but but only Blizzard could make Diablo, you know? Or only Blizzard could make StarCraft. I, I just It just seems like it was a little less rarefied to, to have them entering this space. I mean, when I watched it, I guess maybe playing it, I'm sure, is different than watching it, but it it just kind of seemed like, well, I, you know, I could see another company. Yeah, but made you this. wouldn't have, before Valve did Dota 2, you wouldn't have thought that it was sort of like befitting their, you know, first person shooter centric catalog beforehand yeah. either. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, I, I think that, well, Blizzard, it seems like when they set out to do something, they either do it all the way and they make it good and polished and awesome or they don't do it at all. Um, and I feel like just because of, you know, StarCraft Ghost and Project Titan and all those those projects that have ultimately been canceled just because they weren't up to snuff and up to the Blizzard uh, standard, um, I think that Overwatch definitely feels like a very, very polished. It doesn't feel like some unexperienced developer or some, you know, just kind of trying their hand at some random FPS. It really, really feels solid and good and feels like quality. Oh, that's um, good. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how it evolves. I mean, obviously, it's just barely has entered beta, so um, it's obviously going to change. Just like Heroes of the Storm up to this point has changed drastically since you know beta started, um, and now it's of course you know open to everybody. But I wonder if um, if uh, because w- there was a, an article on Kotaku um, just I think this week saying how um, it was chronicling like what happened to, to Destiny, you know, in the first year of Destiny's release or whatever. And at one point, the the project was going so sideways that they had um, Blizzard veterans of, of Diablo 3's similar trajectory come around to, to Bungie and sort of kind of help them sort of course correct uh, with experience their own experience, right? Like, I wonder if um, there were there was any sort of advice from Bungie to Blizzard on, you know, how do you how do you do an FPS? Uh, just any sort of advice at all in that direction? That is a that's a good point, and I don't. I would imagine some team at Activision probably, you know, I would or, imagine or maybe yeah, maybe Call of Duty collaboration. <laughs> maybe some Call of Duty folks got in touch with Blizzard and was just like, from a shooter in general. You know, it. I don't know. It. I don't know. It, it it feels different. It doesn't feel like Destiny. It doesn't feel like Halo. It doesn't feel like even Call of Duty. It feels 
I mean, it's got a similar look and style, just like the game modes, like a payload game mode or whatever, is all coming from TF2, um, and it's very standard there. But it doesn't it doesn't play or feel like a TF2 game. It feels different somehow, mm-hmm. and uh, I like it. It's it's really really varied, and like I said, there's so many champions, and because of their abilities, that's what kind of makes it stand out amongst other FPSs I've played. Is um, you know, the abilities are very, very unique and fun. And I've only played, like, maybe five matches or so, so I don't have a whole lot to put into it. That's kind of my initial impressions on it. But uh... I do like the idea of an asymmetrical thing. I mean, usually it's, like, Team A and Team B, and you're all dudes, and maybe you have a couple of classes. But I do kind of like the idea of something that's completely, you know, you're, you're, you're in an arena with a bunch of people who all are slightly different and how that might mix up the... Well, all of the classes are very, very different. There's not one that feels... But you could double the up same. on the team as well, right? Like, you, you right. could all be the same character on your team, it, right? I mean, when, when when you log into the game and you're actually at the hero selection screen, so you have your team and it shows who everyone's picking, it'll actually give you little tooltips on the side that says, oh, your team does not have enough main damage. It doesn't have enough defense. It doesn't have enough, you know, this type of stuff. So it'll give you kind of cues as to how to kind of spec out your team during the pick process, which is kind of cool. And um, the, kind of the way that they've kind of built it is that each of the different classes has like hard counters to other classes and other characters and things like that. And so as you play the game and you see that they're kind of leaning towards a, a specific play style, you can switch up the way that you're playing. You know, when you die, you can choose a new hero, just like in TF2, to kind of try to counter the way that they're doing their thing. So, yeah. um, and like I said, the classes are, you know, unique and awesome, and the abilities are really cool. They have an ultimate ability that you can use as you kind of do damage and play the game and. Uh, hit objectives and things like that, you power up an ultimate ability that you can then unleash um, you know, on your enemy, which is usually pretty powerful. It can be kind of game-changing. So, uh, yeah, anyway. All right. So hopefully I can get a, a chance to play a little bit more of that um, before next Wednesday, and then I'll report a little bit more on how I actually feel about it. But uh, uh, So quickly also, um, so we kind of talked, well, we, I, guess we, I guess we probably talked offline about this, but when I went on my trip, I installed both the uh, Telltale Game of Thrones game as well as the uh, Tales from the Borderlands Telltale game. And I played through episode one of both of those while I was on my trip. Ooh. And um, I don't... Uh, the, the part that stood out the most for me for from Tales from the Borderlands and what really sucked me in early, uh, not was the first 30 minutes of gameplay, like Jeremy said. It was it was okay. But uh, the uh, the actor that plays uh, Vasquez, it's... Uh, Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton, yeah, and that guy's awesome. And I immediately caught that uh, voice, and I really, really like him else, as a voice actor. What else has he done? What, where would I know Putty him from? from Seinfeld. Oh, he's Kronk. Okay. He's Kronk from uh, that one show, The Emperor's New Groove. Emperor's New Groove. You just happen to be talking to one of the foremost Patrick Warburton experts. I, I know Putty. <laughs> what else is he in? He's in a lot of things. Oh, he does all kinds of stuff. He, he usually yeah, plays like a macho idiot, which he plays in this. Yeah. Anyway, the, the characters are really... And, and just like what Jeremy said, and we kind of talked about this before when he was playing it, is he said that even if you don't care about Borderlands lore or Borderlands story or Borderlands setting, um, the characters are really, really well done in this game, and it made me actually enjoy it more because of that. Um, and I really hadn't, didn't know much about Borderlands at all. I kind of... I never finished either of the two games that I played. Uh, but this game you know, started out strong and... The characters were likable enough, but, you know, had their own little quirks to it that made you kind of feel weird about them. Um, but they were enjoyable enough to play. Um, Borderlands, as we kind of spoke before, you actually play as two different characters and kind of view the game from both from two different angles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it sets it up really, really well. Um, I played both of these games with the intention of 
um, playing, uh, kind of deciding which one I wanted to continue on with. Um, I haven't purchased either of them. I just, you know, both of the episode ones of these two games are free. I believe Game of Thrones episode six, which is the final episode, is coming out uh, the second week of November. So, man, if that's, you decided to go the Game of Thrones route, then there's still time to catch up. That's tough if they're going that. up against Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> Except for they've already sold all the Game of Thrones, right? That's true. You've already you've already bought it. Uh, but yeah, so Tales of the Borderlands is really good, and um, yeah, I don't know, I don't have much more to say about it except for uh, I, th- I think I'm probably going to eventually finish it. Uh, it's definitely left on a on a note that I really wanted to see what was happening, even though the Borderlands core story with vaults and vault hunters really isn't the thing that interests me that much. I think the characters uh, did a good job of kind of making me want to play it. Yep, which is I guess what Telltale does best. Yep, um, they do. So. And then uh, the Game of Thrones game. So Dale and I both played this. Yeah, I also played through the first episode and uh, like the first couple of scenes of the second episode. And? Uh, well, you know, I, th- I think it's all right. Um, I have to say that I really kind of dislike the, all the ways that they try to put game mechanics in uh, because it, it basically boils down to it's either a quick time event or like just some kind of perfunctory clicking on things and looking at them um and i find neither of those things the slightest bit compelling uh i would actually probably enjoy the game more if it was nothing but choosing your dialogue options yeah and and you know watching what happens from there uh i i I agree completely with that i especially with the game of thrones i was playing on the ipad on both of these and I found that the quick time events and those different things, I like would miss. It would like trigger wrong, or it wouldn't detect my swipe properly, or something. And See, I, I had problems on the, I had problems on the keyboard. So that just tells me it doesn't work in either setting. Yeah, that yeah. that Telltale tool, that that game engine that they use, it has never been good for that, ever. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. And but what, what the thing that I did gather, just kind of what you said about the Game of Thrones, is um, I. I really like the Game of Thrones universe. I'm I'm currently reading the final book of the series. I've watched most of the TV series um, up through the third book, and I really really like it. But what I really like about it is kind of the interaction between the characters. And this game, you know, you're portrayed and you play as a character, and it's kind of it kind of breaks out and you kind of switch between the multiple characters just like the the book does. You're just kind, like, you play kind of like the like faux Starks, basically. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so for me, uh, let me ask, because I, I am not, I, I read the first book and a half, I kind of watched the show a little bit, but I got this still thinking that maybe it would be a way in to kind of really enjoy the series. Is there a requirement that you have some background with the universe this, or the characters? This, this, um, this game begins at a pivotal point in the third book, uh, which is, I think, also the end of the third season of the of the TV show. I think it's the end of the second book, isn't it? Um, no, it's definitely the third book. And I, and I said the end. I don't think it's the end. It's somewhere in the middle of the third book. That's, oh, okay. That's a really big yeah. book. I, I, I didn't think it was like an end point. Of no, the yeah, book. you're right. It's not, it's not an end, but it's definitely the third book. Okay. Yeah, so it picks up there. And so if you are familiar with that setting up to that point, then you will know what's going on. But they really don't mention a lot of that event specifically. Uh, um, yeah, that's true. They never really mention the... F- well... As far as I've, you know, like I said, I'm kind of toward the beginning of the second of six episodes, so it may come up again later. It probably okay, will come true. up again later. I, it just hasn't yet. So it could it could stand on its own then for somebody who's not already in. Uh, I think so, but I think really being invested in the universe and kind of the style of storytelling is cool. Like my my favorite part of the whole 
of the whole episode one was a part where you're playing as a girl and she's being interrogated by Queen Cersei, who is a main, a big antagonist of the book and the TV series. Um, and that whole scene is a pretty long scene, but it's basically you choosing dialogue options and then seeing the response of Queen Cersei. And it really, just knowing that character um, to begin with, really added, I think, a lot for me. And I think it's actually voiced by Lena Headey herself. Yeah, so I, I think, think they got all the... the the true actors and actresses from the show to do those. Did they get a Tyrion? Did, did a yeah, Dinkle, yeah, Dinklage? Yeah, that's, that's definitely Peter Dinklage in there. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty good. I, I think it, you'll get the most out of it as a fan of the TV show, especially because it's apparently in the, the TV show version of the universe, which is a little bit different from the books, but not, not a whole lot. Um, the characters are modeled off of yeah they they actually they very much look like the actors who play them in the show i mean there's ramsey um you know Tyrion, john daenerys like a lot of the main ones are kind of in there i haven't come across daenerys yet maybe she shows up in episode i actually haven't come across her yet either but i i one of the characters um that you play as is in uh essos so you know across the the narrow sea so i'm sure they, ah, cool. that they're going to run into one another right anyway i think it's pretty good i'm i think i'm probably leaning more towards playing game of thrones first um just because i'm also reading the book right now so i'm pretty interested in in the universe right now but i definitely feel like i'm going to get back to tales from the borderlands um but yeah i enjoyed both of them quite a bit and i want to play both of them so i i will so yeah I'll, I, say about that. I, I think i'll persevere through um well, because here's the thing with the Telltale game series, and, and this happened with the only one other one that I've actually played was The Walking Dead Season 1, but they develop them as they're being released. They're still in development. So what that means is that they can get, like, fan feedback, and the, they can get the response to, like, what they did in one episode, and by the time, like, a couple of episodes later, the next one comes out, they will have addressed some of those complaints. So what I'm thinking I might see as I go along... Um, is that they will improve, hopefully. Because that did happen to some degree with The Walking Dead, season one. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, ditch the crappy quick time events and the, you know, aimless, like, looking at junk. And you just, just get on with the cool, uh, you know, dialogue choices. and Because that's really, I mean, why even pretend to to try to gamify it? You know, why why even attempt when you're not going to go the whole way, you know, lean on your strengths, right? Which is somehow their uh, writing and like scenario design and, and just the sort of um, interesting situations that arise when you're able to direct how a conversation goes, like you do in like Mass Effect or Dragon Age or, you know, the other Telltale games. Right. Yeah. There were parts in Tales from the Borderlands where I actually failed these quick time sequences when I had to redo them over, you know, a couple times. And that was, yeah, it's happened fairly to me annoying. here. That's it's, a bummer. It's a pain. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, anything else you've been playing Dale? Uh, I'm just sort of wrapping up, um, metal gear solid five. Like, like I'm way past the point of doing all the story and all that stuff. Now I just, just kind of like one last thing I want to do before I sort of put a bow on it. And that is develop nuclear weapons for my, for my mother base. So yeah. it requires a whole crap load of uh, resources and, and um, you know, a decent amount of money too. And I've got, I think everything's sewn up. It's just uh, 
in that game when you collect resources they don't become available for use right away you have to wait for your like base to process them and it takes so many that i have to wait like i don't know probably like a couple of days real time before enough stuff will be processed for me to develop my nuke wow and uh and then i can you know satisfactorily say that i've lived up to the big boss persona uh, what's your percentage completion? It's right like now? 65, something like that. Hmm. It may be 68, maybe. It's in the 60s. Would Big Boss settle for a 60% completion rate? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, no, but, you know, he's the legendary soldier. And... WWBBD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what would Big Boss do? I can tell you what Big Boss would do, but that might be a spoiler. Uh-oh. Oh. Uh, um. I don't know, Legrand, how are you doing on, on Metal Gear? I haven't played it since last we spoke. I mean, it's been several weeks just because I've been busy with moving in my house. My PlayStation yeah. is packed. You haven't had the end spoiled for you yet? I haven't. and I That's good. And I, don't, I don't intend on having it spoiled. That's um, good. So whenever it's come up on, on other podcasts, I've just quickly turned it off. Or This podcast is over now. <laughs> and I didn't listen to your podcast that you recorded. I started, and I'm like, yeah, I better not. Yeah, wait, wait, hold off until you finish the game. Um, Definitely. So I, I do have one of my one of my PlayStations is upstairs, but the kids kind of use it, and I usually do my gaming at night on my computer desk mm-hmm. here. I have the PlayStation hooked up to my my PC monitor, uh, so I might head over to the storage unit and pull my other PlayStation out of storage and hook it up so I can play it. But uh, haven't done that yet. So it's cool. been only like iPad games and freaking stupid kingdom hearts which i haven't even talked about on this podcast yet but i played some more of that and uh oh maybe i'll just yeah. give you a real quick uh, dragon ball z update i've come <laughs> to the conclusion that my finally that my like mobile phone dragon ball game is actually better than the uh the 3ds fighting game <laughs> really it's it's more interesting i think <laughs> so there you have that nice video games are sell, over sell it back man make some money yeah i will i'll pass it on but but actually my daughter's kind of liking tinkering around with the, the 3ds and the dragon ball fighting stuff uh jeremy what about you well my game playing this week got a little bit bifurcated um i had actually planned on focusing on one particular game this week i was gonna i was gonna try halo 5 guardians um so i actually got it before it launched and started the preload but my console is in kind of like deep sleep mode where it doesn't continue downloading stuff when the power is off so it was only today that I, I actually downloaded it. So in the meantime, I decided, well... When did it come out? Uh, Yesterday? Yeah, it came out this week. Yep, that's right. So brand new. And um, so I was like, well, it's not going to download stuff while it's in sleep mode, so I better play something else. So I went looking through my list of unplayed games on my Xbox One, and I landed on Sunset Overdrive, which is an oldie, but a uh, goodie. Uh, it came out, I, I believe, at launch on it the came Xbox One. Like six One. months ago, right? <laughs> it's not yeah, that old, yeah. Is it? Uh, well, here's the thing. So it might be a year old. I think it was last last uh, fall. There, yeah, there are um, built into the game some kind of live weekly TV show kinds of things. They had Sunset TV, and now when you go to watch any of the terminals in the game, it's like, well, Sunset TV was fun, everybody. You can watch all of our clips on YouTube. So it's done. So they're not doing anything more. There was with like it. So, eight episodes. Yeah, it's it's at least that Sunset. old. It came out exactly one year ago today. Did it really? What? Shut up. Oh my god, this October is so appropriate then. 2014. So, oh, let me talk about it. So, Sunset Overdrive <laughs> is an open world 
Um, so it's I, I kind of say it's like one part Saints Row and one part like Prototype. Did you guys ever play Prototype, the open world kind of superhero? I never played either of those games. No, or Infamous, no. the other one. Yeah, I, did, so, I, I played a little bit of Saints Row 3. So imagine imagine an open world game based on like Jackass or something like that. Um, it's oh, it's a very... <laughs> Is there an peaking? Okay, like... so maybe that's not a great place to start, but hear me out for a minute. So um, it's very visually and aesthetically um, indulgent. It's got kind of a Tony Hawk sort of um, irreverent, irreverence to it i guess sort of a very wacky kind of open world game Uh, and maybe a little bit too wacky but um the the idea of this game is that um a a corporation that makes a uh a beverage called overdrive or overcharge uh i think it is um their drink accidentally started mutating people so the town that you're in is overrun with these like postulating mutant things and they're all around the ground and you basically have to avoid them by traversing through the overhead space so this game is completely about traversal um your your character doesn't have any superpowers but you do a lot of like bouncing through the air and like infinite grinding on rails and and telephone wires and things like that uh and that's basically the the idea of the game i mean the main thrust of it is to always be moving uh you also have a a sort of an arsenal of, of weapons that you can switch out. Uh, now, this is an Insomniac game, so uh, I know we talked about Ratchet and Clank, and I guess neither of you had played it, but you're aware of their sort of fame for, for developing kind of weird, crazy weapons, right? So, right, yeah. they, so they bring that to this, and it, and it looks really good, and there's always stuff going on. Like, you, you shoot rocket launchers into big crowds of, of these mutant things, and they just, like, guts explode everywhere. Um, it does that thing when, you know, if you... You know, if you get a really good kill or something, it'll like words will appear, kind of you know, in very uh, uh, Batman original ki- Batman. Ki- well, no, maybe kind of, but it's like where the credits scroll down the side of a building or something, and it'll say like monster kill or something like that. So it's very self-referential. If you die, things like um, you know, your character will show up in a DeLorean again, or will come out of a you know a sarcophagus or something. I mean, it's just it's just kind of wacky, and you can build your character any way you want to. So like in Saints Row, you can. I made my guy kind of look like Freddie Mercury with a faux hawk. Um, and a mustache, and, uh, you know, it, it just basically tries to amp up the amount of fun that you're going to have in any given moment, if it's your brand of fun. Uh, and and it is. Um, so I mentioned prototype uh, in the sense that, um, you know, you have a lot of superpowers, you can do a lot of cool things, and there are zombies all over the place, and you basically can just mow through them as much as you want. Um, there are objectives all around, so, um, the, the, you know, the, through the narrative, you're trying to expose this corporation for what they did and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, who really cares about that? Uh, really what you want to do is you want to collect component parts to upgrade your weapons. Um, there's a whole style move system, so as you traverse from grinding to, you know, bouncing on uh, car hoods and, and things like that, if you're doing kills while you do that, you build up this meter and it unlocks just bigger powers so you can start, you know, plowing through hordes of dudes with, you know, electrical attacks or freezing attacks or something like that. Or you can charge up your weapons to be not only a uh, a buzzsaw that, that ejects and bounces from dude to dude, but it also explodes while it does it and stuns people. And, and it just Does kinda, it play in third person or first person? It's all in third person. It's all in third person. And it's just very kinetic. I mean, there's just always stuff going on all the time. And and it looks really good, um, and it it feels really good. I mean, just the, you know, you stick to things the right way. If You, you know, if you want to vault up on top of something, you can usually do it. 
Um, anything that has a, a hard edge on it, can you can grind on it and, and just infinitely kind of like travel anywhere. So in, in other games where you might have to get to a point, like in Assassin's Creed, you're like, okay, they want you to go all the way over there, but damn it, all the really cool buildings are that way, and, I'm, and I have to like run through the street or do something lame. They've tried to make sure that any given direction that you take has a fun way to get there. Um, and, and so it's kind of one of those where it's just fun to goof around and play around, and they sort of build that into what you're doing. Um, checkpoints are pretty generous. If you have objectives that you're trying to uh, complete, they basically let you come back as often as you want. One character in the game says that it's the awesome apocalypse or something like that, and you know they, they, they don't really care necessarily to, to be too realistic about it. In fact, they go completely the other, the other direction. So speaking to that a little bit, I mean... When the game was announced and they showed the gameplay video and they kind of talked about it, and as it was leading up to release, like, it really, the the whole feel and the aesthetics and the style and, like you said, the awesome apocalypse, like, that, that type of jargon and things like that is really what kind of turned me off <laughs> to not even looking into this game yeah, as a too. possible thing that I wanted to play. Uh, and I think that it, um, it kind of reviewed, it kind of got fairly positive reviews from the game media, but I don't remember... It actually being like a huge hit uh, commercially. Um, do you yeah. have any insight into that, or how do you feel? About well, that? I think it's I, you know I, I'm just looking back. I mean, even the biggest titles on Xbox One. I mean, Titanfall maybe was maybe the biggest one, and you can kind of say the same things about that. Like it wasn't like a terribly huge commercial success. I mean, maybe if it was, we didn't really hear a lot about it, and it was positively reviewed, and we played it, and it was fun. Uh, so kind of in that same way, I, th- I think that it may just be a little bit of a victim to the platform that it's on. Um, but but I have games like that too. I mean, I have heard no bad thing ever about uh, Bulletstorm, but the whole Dick Tits thing, just completely, I just never even wanted to try it because I, I, couldn't, right. I couldn't deal. Um, so, so and the same thing here. I mean, really one of the main reasons that I played this is because I knew the pedigree of the developer. I knew that Insomniac made games that I liked. I know what they were good at. Uh, and and this seemed like it, and and it really is fun, and you don't have to necessarily care about stuff. It is a little bit exhausting how awesome and fun everything is all the time. <laughs> yeah, I I mean it does it does get a little bit a little bit old, and it's just like oh man, can I just have some you know brown and gray first person shooter action? Uh, <laughs> no, but but it, it is good. It is good. Um, like I said, the the online features, uh, the the uh, overdrive TV or sunset TV. Uh, is no longer active. They still do have a, a apparently a, a pretty good multiplayer mode. Um, Competitive multiplayer? Uh, actually, sort of co-op, uh, cooperative multiplayer. It's called Chaos Squad, and it's uh, you actually can unlock special. Is it Extreme Chaos Squad? Well, it, it's it's stuff Anarchy like um, horde modes, and <laughs> like if you imagine in, a, in an open world game where there are little events that you can go to, I think it's kind of like that, where you'd basically just take a, a bunch of buddies and go do like this challenge or that challenge, and uh, uh, by all accounts, it's actually pretty good. I have not done any of the online stuff in this, but um, but you know, as as far as Sunset Overdrive itself, I'm, I might go back to it. I don't know that I am in the in a place in my life right now where I want to sit down and try and finish to the end of an open world game but um but Especially you know one that is kind of ho-hum by the sound of things no i mean it's good it's good like i said if it, i mean one of the things about open world games is traversal and it's all about that um it's all about making things rewarding it's just i i don't know there's just something maybe you it's get a style. d-horse at any point because if you don't get a d-horse i'm not in uh, you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if they made metal gear jokes it's very self-referential and very i mean it, it makes references to a lot of other stuff that 
you know, yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've gotten laughs out of it too. So, uh, however, however, for, for as much as I, you know, I enjoyed Sunset Overdrive, the main event that I was trying for was Halo. So I, I didn't get the full chance with Halo 5 Guardians, um, but I did get to play it a little bit. And so I'll, I'll talk about it real quickly. Um, I, I guess if I were to summarize Halo 5, I, I guess I should caveat here. I, am not a Halo person. I think I mentioned that on one of our recent shows. Um, the last time I played it seriously was Halo 1 on PC. Uh, I do have the Master Chief Collection. I did dabble here and there, but um, generally it's it's not really my thing, so please take that into consideration. Because I'm going to say that Halo is kind of like what Destiny might have been if it had had the story that everybody wanted, maybe. N- not in the sense that it plays that way or that it's organized or laid out in that way, but just in the sense that... Destiny was very Halo-ish, right? I mean, it was a bunch of dudes in, you know, plastic-looking armor with cool light guns and things like that, and and this is that, but all of the things that people kind of complained about with Destiny are present in Halo, and honestly, I'm not sure that they really help all that much. Um, it's kind of one of those those dichotomies that we get in games where people are like, oh, you know what, this this story is terrible, we, we shouldn't have stories. And then when they make a game with no story, it's like, oh, there should be a story in here, I can't stand that there's no story. This is kind of like looking at it from the opposite side, and like I said, the story is like, I don't know, like I have never been so disinterested in a video game story, and, and maybe it's because I'm predisposed, but there, there is something going on and maybe I need all the background of the previous Halo games, and I just don't have it. Um, no, I, I've played Halo 1, I played Halo 3, Reach, and ODST, and yeah, I don't care one iota about the Halo story. And and I think that's what kind of actually eventually made me not finish Halo Reach, and I tried to play Halo 4 and just didn't care, just because it was a, a decent shooter, but I, I really had no reason to play it. There was nothing that kind of hooked me to play that shooter over any other shooter. You know what I mean? From, from a single-player standpoint. It's a super weird feeling, too, because people are always like, oh, video game stories are bad. And I'm like, no, no, video game stories are cool, but maybe this is what it's like to be one of those people and to be playing a game and just be like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Well, I, really I can tell care. you, I was I was very much into the Halo story up through, well, up through Reach, even. Um, like, I had read, pro- like, all the novels that I think had come out at that point and, like, played through all the games and like knew the story really well and everything. And then, you know, I don't know, I just started playing other games and then like, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Like Halo 4. You got a PC and then you got, you got wised up <laughs> how FPS games should be and then you switched. It's something like that, I guess. Uh, well, and, I, and I'm, I did I'm, end up buying Halo 4 and I played that for like an hour or something, or maybe less than an hour. And I was just like, yeah, but I think there's also a little bit of, um, I don't know, um, glamour or something lost in the, in the development. Uh, developer transition rather uh, on both sides of that too I think Bungie definitely lost something uh, and and Halo definitely lost something and in the end neither of them really came out all that well I think <laughs> I keep finding myself wanting to to do Destiny stuff in Halo like I want to do a you know a Titan charge or, or something like that now, it, now it's a Spartan charge uh, by the way um, or, or things yeah. like that, but I'm I'm open to a game letting you know like winning me over, but sometimes like the dialogue and like the story beats are like okay now this guy got knocked down and you know now someone's gonna come and say something clever while they're standing over him and then someone's gonna shoot him from the other side and you know or or someone's gonna come up to you know like oh Spartan Locke wants to talk to you uh, okay all right that's just not that not that cool. Um, <laughs> what about I, Nathan I Fillion? Know. 
Because he's in that. So he oh, is in that. Right. And and actually, he plays himself. Well, not he doesn't play Nathan Fillion, but he's, he he's the is... the same guy from ODST. He's, he's not just an actor they actually have his face in it so yeah, you're actually right. watching the actor nathan fillion he was he was that same character in in odst and they did the same thing like he oh that, like yeah so that, that's new to me I, I um i played reach a little bit but i did not touch odst um so a couple of things that are cool in this um it, you you start out with i don't know what they call it in in spartan land in halo but you you get a fire team in this and which is good because they will heal you if you get knocked down which i did a lot like i said because i wasn't invested in this it's kind of a weird domino effect thing because i would find myself just like going ah whatever i'm not going to play this level with any finesse maybe they're telling me they should go over here but i'm just going to charge right in so i would do that i'd get knocked down somebody would come and heal me and I would just keep kind of doing that. Um, so I, I feel like somehow it is affecting my experience. I would really like to play this with four-player co-op. There, It's actually a fully co-op campaign, four-player co-op. And I feel like that's probably the way to well, play Well, they, they've all been like game. that. Um, or, or at least, you know, co-opable. Yeah, that, that's the most fun I ever had playing Halo was playing through Halo 3 on the hardest difficulty with a buddy. Like, that was a good time. Yeah, and it seems like it would be kind of like a Destiny raid or something where you kind of have, like, challenging things to overcome and you know there's a, there's a lot of contextual commentary so they try and make your ai characters like oh that guy's on the ledge get him or or something like that um it looks very nice um 60 frames per second um it kind of reminds me a lot of killzone shadowfall i don't know if you if uh legrand maybe you played that on ps4 but oh uh, yeah i played through half of that right? yeah exactly so in the same way that it was very smooth and pretty and there were lots of like cool lighting effects and stuff i'm a big fan of the killzone series but in the same way i was like yeah yeah okay i mean the story's all right um I, I don't know. About as about as lame as Halos. Maybe and and like I just keep like putting my I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, what if I were like 13 or something and I would think it was so cool that Master Chief is back now and Cortana's back and I don't know if that's spoilers or not. I that's guess the she problem was... is that Halo is so old. I mean, when Halo Two was all big and Halo One was all big. I mean, that was when I was in early college. That was like 2001, you know? right. right? Yeah. And so at this point, 15 years later, like, I don't need that weird story. Like, I don't, I don't care about that anymore, you yeah. know? And, and so maybe it's just not for us old people. I'm, I would imagine that my son, like, he loves Destiny and loves, I'm sure he's all into the story of Destiny and I don't care, but he's eight, you know? In that so respect, awesome. like, it seems like, like Destiny is more geared for, like, dudes like us who at some point could, could give a crap about the story and just want to play a game. Whereas right. for your son, you know, maybe give him Halo. And that's kind of what I keep thinking about. Like idea. every time I see something lame going on on the screen, or they they switch to a cutscene, all I can think <laughs> about is how so many people complain that Destiny doesn't have that stuff. And I'm like, you know, really, is this is this really what everybody wants from this? Grass is always greener, Jared. When, when was the last FPS story that you actually played that you enjoyed? Oh man, you um, think about it. Uh, like, Bioshock Infinite. Okay, I like that. Right. Yeah, that's right. a, that's a yeah. good answer. Bioshock series. There might have been uh, something since then. But... Half Life Episode One and Two, and Half Life Two. Yeah, Portal, I guess. Portal, not uh, really a shooter, but FP. It's a first person. I am okay with a with a with a game winning me over. So it's not like FPSs themselves, just by their very nature, are uninteresting. But I, I guess it just depends on how much you really want to try. I suppose. Um, so I don't know. Bioshock probably is is a good answer. Bioshock Infinite, I think, was probably the last one. That I, there was probably something since then. I mean, Fallout. I suppose you could count as an FPS, but. Whatever. <laughs> I think With Bioshock is probably the last one for yeah. you. I, I just yeah. don't know that something like Halo really is trying to seek to challenge you intellectually. So, I don't know. It's it's kind of like if, if someone were to... If someone were a fan of, like, Big Bang Theory 
And people who really like Big Bang Theory are like, wow, congratulations on making the new best Big Bang Theory. That episode was great. It was the most Big Bang Theory thing ever. And I kind of feel like that's the same thing with Halo. Like, people who are, who are predisposed to like it are going to be like, wow, this had everything I wanted in Halo. But looking in from the outside, it's like, gee, this is not, this is not something that I want. I think Halo's wanted. a funny, it's kind of a, a funny beast because there are probably more people that are into Halo for the the way the game plays. Uh, like, it's something they played with their friends in multiplayer for years and years and years. Or at least as many people who are into it just for that reason as there are people who are, like, big lore nerds, you know? Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. there's probably a whole lot of, like, overlap. Or, you know, some degree of overlap. But there's probably people that are in one camp or the other. And, you know, a sizable group of people who are in both. So, um... I mean, it's been a huge series ever since the first one, and I, I, w- I don't know if it's, you know, I feel like it might have been diminished a little bit since 4 and 5, again, since the split with Bungie, and, and I'm not going to point to a reason why or anything, but just, um, also, like, like Legrand said, it's just kind of getting on in years, right? It's, you know, it's been a long time that Halo's been around, and everybody's kind of, you know, I don't know. It's not special anymore, maybe. Maybe kind of like Assassin's Creed, maybe at this point. Yeah, that's special. Yeah, that's probably a good, be. a good analogy. Although there's, yeah, there are way fewer Halos. I know that I've sounded really down on Halo, and I mean I've kind of been going through the motions. I've only I've only gotten through the first like three missions, I think. Um, I, I think I'm going to stick with it. I want I want to get through it. I don't know if I'm approaching this the right way, you know, not having played any of the previous ones. But being that I'm as disinvested in the story as I am, I feel like it probably doesn't make that big a difference. So um, I, I'm going to see if I can round some people up and maybe maybe do some online campaign or at least try it and see if that uh, makes it a little bit more enjoyable. But uh, it's it's definitely competent. I mean, uh, 343 has done a, a pretty good job emulating what Halo has been in the past. Um, so I try think the multiplayer. Competitive shooter stuff and and see how you like that. Yeah, I might, I might try that too. So you know, I'll, like I said, I didn't get as much chance to play this as I had really wanted to um, for the show. So I kind of ended up having to split it with Sunset Overdrive. But I, I'm going to go back to maybe both of those games. I'll, I'll try not to bring them back to the podcast uh, every every week. But I, I may I may revisit Halo and, and give you an update on that. But uh, I feel like I already experienced the breadth and depth maybe of of what it has to offer. But uh, I, I will I will definitely go back to it and give it the chance to. Um, to wow me sweet and uh listeners if you would like the chance for us to wow you uh come back again come back again if you didn't like my my ho-hum uh halo overview here uh come back next week we do this show twice a week and uh on the top of the week we will actually talk to you about the latest news new releases and a special topic of discussion and uh, in the middle of the week of course we bring our games that we've been playing to you if you'd like to give us some feedback on this show or any of our previous shows we invite you to reach out to us on twitter where we can be reached collectively at game Bite show you can also talk to us individually i am at jeremy underscore lamont you can find me at legrand and I'm at count underscore Elmdor. Uh, not with us today, Jared Redeye Dunn at R-E-D underscore I. But of course, he will uh, be found on twitch.tv slash show once or twice a week playing some games and sharing uh, some of the new stuff with you. Uh, this past week, he played um, Rebel Galaxy, which uh, I was really impressed with. And uh, it's uh, co- coming not only to PC, but also to consoles, uh, I think a little bit uh, later on next year. So... Looking forward to that, kind of a space trading uh, 
uh, exploration type game. A little bit like Elite Dangerous, but I think on kind of a different, kind of has a different flavor to it. So check that out. Uh, you can also find our archives, youtube.com slash GameBytesShow, or just check our website, GameBytesShow.com, where you can see all of this. Uh, also, you may want to check out our Extra Life team. Jared is spearheading our Extra Life efforts this year. Uh, you can find us on the Game Bite Show team, uh, or if you check with uh, Red Eye, I believe he's got uh, yeah, he's got some pages. We, we should actually probably put some of that on our website, <laughs> uh, but it's definitely on our Twitch archive, so we'll have all of our information there as well. Uh, we thank you very much for joining us this week, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much, and until then, we'll see you. Peace. See you later. Peace.